Hi, and welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn, a storytelling game radio show featuring guests from the New York City Hive and Beyond with theme music from Jasula. Find out more about her work at jasula.com. And with me today, I am very happy to have another, yes, that's right, another fantastic guest, uh, Avanel, who I found through Double Exposure, but does a lot of incredible things. Um, Say hi. 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 Thank you for having me. Pleasure to have you. We were talking before we got on air about how many hats you wear. What what can you tell our listeners about the many, many things you do? Um, the things I think that are going to be most exciting to your listeners are that I, I am a principal with Double Exposure. Uh, we run Dexcon and Dreamation, which are two consumer-facing gaming conventions, your basic standard uh, regional game con where we rent out the entire convention space, uh, hotel space, and fill it with different types of games in each uh, area. Our audience pre-pandemic was about 2,000 people at Dexcon and about 1,500 people at Dreamation. Wow. Um, yeah. I can't even imagine that number of people anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, and so in addition to Dexcon and Dreamation, I also run Metatopia, which is our game design Mm. festival. We encourage people to bring their game designs from, I've got it on some cocktail napkins and I'm not sure it's going to hang together as a game all the way through to, I think Mm. I'm ready to send the art off to the printer. Let's put this through its paces and see if it holds together. Oh, wow. So Metatopia is really a place for people to test out their games in any mm-hmm. stage. It's not a finished product presentation of something you can buy today kind of a scenario. No. Uh, in fact, um, it grew organically out of the other two conventions, which are very much a play things that are on the market, play things that you never get to get to the table because you can't get six people that want to play it at the same time. Right. Um, And we had this really lovely collaborative community of people who were publishing games or designing games with the intention of publish them who were playtesting anyway. Mm -hmm. And we were like, well, maybe there's a thing here. And my husband proposed the model, which flips everything we've ever done. Because in the past, we've been very much if you're a pro in the industry or you're a designer you're a publisher, you come out to us to play, you get to be a person, you get to be a civilian and play the games you're helping create. Hmm. And so for us, the idea of flipping the model, having the publisher there to work, to put the game through its paces and having our our attendees there as enthusiastic play testers, we weren't sure how it was going to be received. And people really love being involved in that beginning phases yeah, I mean, I feel like that being able to play them at any stage and kind of saying, yeah, I, I participated in this is, is really yeah. exciting. And so we, we really try to hold space for each part of the process and for each mm-hmm. person and each role in the process, right? We don't value players above designers or publishers above players. It's it, We each have a place in the ecosystem And Metatopia in particular really uh, spends energy acknowledging the importance of each of those roles, right? We don't Mm. have a market if we don't have players. And without the designers, publishers don't have anything to sell. 
And so we really, we try to be aware of the fact that it is an ecosystem and that healthy ecosystems take stewardship. How did you find yourself kind of moving in towards this organizational, like supportive work to gaming? Um, so Big at question. its core, I married into it. Um, yeah. My husband was running with our senior staff, was running Dexcon and Dreamation when I met him in 97. And I feel like where we are today is a natural iteration of all of the pieces that were in place and all of the pieces that have come to us along the way, mm-hmm. where at the time, the first show that I actually worked uh, a bunch of people were super excited to explain to me how the industry works and how double exposure fit into the industry. And someone gave me a pithy one-liner that really stuck with me, which is that at the time we landed right between Origins, which is a big nationwide convention run by Gamma, the trade association for analog games. Okay. And uh, Gen Con, which is the biggest game convention in the U.S., Right. And so Origins was before us. We happened. And then Gen Con happened. And somebody explained to me that the basic model for the industry at the time was you went to Origins to drink your butt off. It was more <laughs> the traditional like dude bro trade show. Uh, you came to Dexcon to play your butt off. And then you went to Gen Con to work your butt off because it was a tens of thousands of people uh, hmm. trade show. Yeah. And so... We really, for years, held on to that sort of, we're the place that you come to play things. And as happens when you're watching a bunch of people kind of reinvent the wheel and we had publishers pop up in our midst and we were like, wow, this would be a lot easier if you guys like cross-trained on each other's products and then one of you could go to the bathroom. Right. You could take a break from your table in the middle of the day. And then we saw that best practices weren't like people were were slogging through and figuring things out and doing Mm -hmm. things the hard way. Then that knowledge wasn't being institutionalized or passed on in any way over and over again. And so part of how Metatopia was evolved was that we were watching this process and we were like, wow, this would be so much easier if we could just break down the barriers that keep people from talking to each other. Hmm. At the same time, I've always been an activist. I've always been up to my nose in uh, challenging systems and trying to make the world a better place and asking, but why does it work that way? Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that Metatopia specifically was designed to do from the beginning is to be very egalitarian. Every single designer that comes in gets a high test where they sit down with the top in the industry in whatever it is they're struggling with at the time. Oh, wow. And they get access to people who have played in the sandbox or founded the sandbox in some cases. Hmm. Because barriers to access are part of why people end up reinventing the wheel. There's also a very strong knowledge sharing um, culture at Metatopia where we hold panels and seminars. And we it's been described as somewhere between boot camp and summer camp for game designers where you get that space outside of time experience. <laughs> okay. Um, but you get to ask people questions and you get to be like, hey, how did this work for you? And instead of treating it 
as though it's adversarial and like, well, why would I give you my trade secrets? It's like, no, I'm establishing myself and my expertise and reinforcing for me that I know what I'm saying and sharing that information outward with the people who have shown up to engage. Wow. And so it's kind of a natural evolution of there were people sitting around talking about game design. We created a fertile space for them to have these conversations. We provided Mm -hmm. some structures. Um, And it means that we get to have conversations about best practices. We get to say, you know, one of my big professional successes is up until earlier uh, this year, it had been four years before I had to have the, all right, guys, let's talk about your art because boobs don't bend that way conversation (laughs) with a designer. (laughs) (laughs) An important conversation to have. Right. But it like we had made enough progress that we now have a new crop of designers coming in who are starting from a place where that's not even an option. And now it's just like it's an aberration when I come across something where we have to have one of those conversations (laughs) versus when we started with Metatopia. There was a lot of me getting frantic texts that were like, Avi, I need you to just randomly stop by this table and see this art because you need to see this. (laughs) Wow. What a start. (laughs) well and because i have no problem saying to somebody you know what i don't i'm you know i'm a queer poly woman i don't cheesecake art doesn't offend me but why are all the women naked and why are all the dudes fully clothed can we reach gender parity at least can can everyone be naked (laughs) like yeah it has to be naked make them all naked let's work on this magic ratio of if if it's equal across the genders, we're good. And people were like, wait, what? You're not telling me I'm a terrible person? Like, they were all puffed up and ready for the, like, but I like this. And I'm like, yeah, some of your art's really gorgeous, but your balance is off. Let's talk about that. And so we were able to have those conversations in ways that changed how people approached the conversation. Interesting. It sounds like a lot of what you enjoy and and find drive in in organizing these events is finding ways to have open communication and having people have social ways to learn where they've gone wrong and to have an opportunity to change that. Yep. One of the things that I regular, one of the conversations I regularly have is that Progress is only progress if it keeps moving and if we keep pushing the envelope and making things better. And so in the same way that when I was in high school, it was almost antagonistic to start from the position of no means no. And I was probably a senior the year that Ohio State came out with their policy that consent within student populations needed to be affirmative. Yeah. And there was a lot of cultural hubbub around the, well, that feels weird. That's awkward. And do you mean that if I am touching your hand and now I want to touch your elbow, I have to ask? And so at some point, the the line shifted from no means no to yes means yes. Only yes means yes. And then we moved forward even further and got to consent needs to be informed and enthusiastic. And so the fact that Uh, consent can be withdrawn. And what does withdrawn consent look like? That conversation keeps moving Mm. forward. And where we are today with consent needs to be informed, enthusiastic, sane, and sober feels natural for people who never lived through the, what do you mean? No means no. She really means yes. Right. 
And so a lot of our conversations come back to if we can do that on consent, we can do the same with our art. We can do the same with our language. We can do the same with uh, disability accessibility. Hmm. We can make sure that we are moving from representation to empowerment, making sure that we're lifting up marginalized voices. And so a lot of Metatopia's uh, focus over the years has become how do we support and buoy the most vulnerable in the communities while still making absolutely stellar games? Because there are games out there that deserve to be made that are exciting and novel and revolutionary that if we were to sit where we were 10 years ago, would never actually get the airtime to be made. Wow. I mean, I'm very grateful for the the way that you've kind of thought all of this through. And um, it sounds like you're really trying to make um, gaming um, an equitable place, which yep. is extremely important. And people can actually attend uh, Metatopia as well this fall, correct? Yes. Unless Dr. Fauci sends us all back to our rooms. Uh, and we, we do hold open the possibility that we could be told that it's not safe. And if that's the case, then we pull back. But right now our plan is to run on our normal weekend, which is the weekend after uh, Halloween. It's uh, this year that is 4th through the 7th of November this year. So there's going to be a virtual component. Last year was amazing. Last year was the hardest Metatopia we've ever run including the one that happened immediately after Hurricane Sandy. Mm. Um, Because we basically, we threw a virtual convention and didn't know if anyone was going to show up. It was amazing. We had people from nearly every continent involved. We had multiple sessions in languages that weren't English. We were able to get people involved that would never be able to travel to a Metatopia for either because they have kids, because they're traveling. Yeah, traveling. Exactly. Yeah. So um, letting go of that just seems anathema to Metatopia's mission. We, We did it once. We can't go back. Yeah. So the weekend before Metatopia, so Halloween weekend, the 30th and 31st, we are going to do a scaled down version of the online model and do some of those really important conversations about what's happening in other design realms that we don't have physical access to, right? There's Hmm. an entire thriving design community in Latin America that the internet lets us connect with. There's a ton of designers in the Philippines that we wouldn't ordinarily be able to connect with. And so the virtual part of the show will invite our designers who are going to be attending to also participate in these conversations and to uh, make sure that we don't lose track of these friends that we made over the course of the virtual convention in 2020. Great. And then we're going to do the physical convention because there are some things that you just can't replicate online, right? The getting a first-time designer who is quivering about putting their game on a table in front of people they don't know Mm. and watching them just radiant when it holds together and the wheels don't fall off. Or maybe the wheels do fall off, but the, the table picks it up and carries it. Yeah. And so we are, again, with the caveat that we will cancel it in a minute if it doesn't seem like it's safe. But assuming that we get to some measure of herd immunity, we're definitely happening in November this year. 
Wow, very exciting. And I know y'all had to cancel um, the the con the other con that's happening um, over the summer. I know that you Yeah. Uh, July felt too that. soon. There's yeah. there's no and our that's as a, that's Dexcon, right? Is that the Dexcon? Yeah, Dexcon. Yeah, yeah that one's that's yeah. the one that and we canceled the one in February this past February because there mm-hmm. there just is no way. We don't know enough about how the variants are interacting with vaccinations yeah. and it just encouraging people to tread the line between safe and risky behavior just isn't our style. We yeah. want everybody to be safe and well, stay at home, play online, have your have the barbecue, you know, the small family gathering that uh, President Biden has promised you. <laughs> but let's hold off until uh, later in the year for the in-person stuff. We also are aware that we may end up limiting the size. Like Metatopia uh, 2019 was probably between 900 and 1,000 people. Mm. And we are expecting that for this year, it's going to be more like 600 people. We're just we're just aware that we're going to take a little more space and a little more caution. And people are going to ask, uh, "What's your vaccination policy? What's your mask policy?" We're gonna we're gonna be as smart and as as true to the CDC advice at the time as we can get. Good. Well, best of luck. I guess, where should people be looking to find more information about Metatopia uh, if they, and, and your other cons? So following me on Twitter is a great way to get updates on everything we're doing. And that's at Avenel. Having a weird first name has a benefit there. <laughs> there were no printed pencils when I was a kid, but it got me at Twitter. Oh, um, well, good. <laughs> yeah. www.dexposure.com is also us and so we will post updates there is a metatopia fan page that is actually not run by us but that is full of excellent resources and excellent humans on facebook so if you just search facebook for metatopia fans it pops up yep yeah all right well you know where to go um and we should take a turn from this this very exciting uh discussion of organizing events and play a little bit of game ourselves because uh, that's, that's what exciting. we do here on Gameplay Radio. Yeah, very excited to get to to play with you. But before we go into the playing portion of the show, um, I do need to let our listeners know a couple of things. So we'll do that. And then we will get into um, the very exciting game that we're going to be playing for the rest of the hour. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. As it has been for so many, 2020 was a difficult year for us financially, and every dollar helps us stay on air and allows us to continue our work in the community. Please help by pledging whatever you can. Radio for Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at radiofreebrooklyn.org/donate. Also, we have a newsletter, and you should make sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming Radio for Brooklyn events. You can sign up at radiofreebrooklyn.org/newsletter. Great. Let's get into some gaming. You ready? I'm ready. I love it. Um, well, the game we're going to be playing today is called Heist. It was created by Ali Bousjan. So thank you, Ali, for creating this game. It's a tabletop role-playing game where we go on a heist. 
the, its tagline is get rich or die trying. So really leaning into this. Um, very excited to be playing a kind of a heist-centered game because um, we've had a lot of fantasy storytelling on the show recently. And I don't know, something about a heist. Just sometimes, <laughs> you, sometimes you want one. It's the same way how sometimes you want to watch uh, Mission Impossible or Ocean's 8 or... The Italian job, let's be honest, I do watch that still. Um, so, yeah, sometimes you just gotta go for a good old heist. So that's what we're going to be playing today. Um, what you need for this is, of course, the guide um, and also uh, several six-sided dice for your rolling purposes. The game is sort of GM-less in a way. Uh, both Avanel and I will be uh, playing characters together. I will also be taking on the role of quote unquote fixer who basically is the facilitator for the game and so I'll just like make sure that I keep track of what the rules are um, and where we are in the game which um, yeah we'll, we'll do that really well very important to keep in mind that this is a game that there are some things that could come up during the session but uh, we can choose not to uh, things like violence graphic or otherwise towards adults traumas which may have auditory visual or olfactory triggers vehicular accidents or quote-unquote accidents uh, violence along the lines of marginalization um, which I have actually requested that we avoid anything related to bigotry so hopefully not um, situations based on recent events um, which may have unforeseen effects on those at the table, prejudices which characters may act upon, hopefully not, and more could happen. Basically, there are tropes in heist shows which could happen, but the way that we do this um, for safety purposes is that we have the digital or, I guess, radio version of an X card, which is whenever either of us feel uncomfortable with the way something is going, we can say, hey, let's stop for a moment, and then we will you know, turn around, rewind it, go back forward, change the scene, make sure that we're not doing anything that is harmful to either of us or the characters in the story that we're playing. And another one of our uh, specific lines that we are going to stick to here is no violence towards children or animals. So those are kind of like the rules on that end. Um, otherwise, uh, Avanel and I did uh, quite a lot of prep. <laughs> for for this game ahead of time. Uh, we set up what type of mission we're going on, what the hall is, who our antagonists are, um, and the antagonist portion is going to be important later because um, that's how far along they are is kind of how we know how well we're doing, <laughs> essentially. Um, and if they ever basically catch up, then that's the end of the game if we don't finish our goal first. So... Let's get into the introduction and things, because my goodness, it's already uh, almost at half the hour. So, I will just say that the mission type we're going on is a glory mission. And Evanel, would you like to explain what our glory mission is today? Our glory mission is that we are trying very hard to get final entry to a list of impossible heists. So this is basically a job interview. Um, we have been sent on a outing to come up with a space rock from a quote-unquote geology lab. Um, we know that this ge geology lab is a cover for some stuff that is not as earthbound as it claims to be, or it's some sort of urban legend. We aren't quite sure. 
Mm-hmm. Um, people have been trying to get to crack this lab and trying to get to this uh, potentially magic space rock. Nobody has managed this yet. And so that's why a healthy dose of skepticism where we're like, maybe this is an urban legend. But if we get this space rock, we get access to this list of impossible heists. Right, which would be great for us as a team, the two of us, because um, we're kind of new-ish to our career in the heist game. Um, You know, we met through a... Well, a series of events involving us both being on different heist teams and then realizing the ones we were on were shit and that the two of us might make a better team. But we're still pretty new to it, and it would be great to um, raise our our reputation in the field by doing this work. Um, But of course, we're not the only ones who are going on this test. Uh, There's another group actually on our tail, another heist group, uh, three people who we call basically the grads. Because their whole thing is that they go around pretending they're grad school students um, doing research. So, uh, research. I know, right? I mean, generally, I respect any and all grad students who are studying research, but these bozos? Nah. Um, <laughs> oh, also, um, the lab that we're going for does is like basically a collaborative lab for multiple different government organizations. Um, but it's one of those organiza- those collaborations that, you know, probably isn't fair to everyone there. So it's very questionable. <laughs> and we should introduce our characters, too. You want to introduce yours? I am Vera. And uh, she has a history of taking uh, either stringing together a bunch of small potato jobs or getting herself sucked into do-gooder jobs. And she is trying really hard to break that habit. She is trying to maximize the benefit for her energy output. This magic rock uh, heist, if it pans out, is going to put her on the path towards actually making money doing this. And for her, that's kind of her thing. Is She's going to talk her way into uh, being uh, financially independent at the end of her career. And I am playing Fantasia, a spy who uh, really is mostly known by her, interestingly enough, her her connections to other people. Her cornerstone is um, her close friend from the library, Fillion, who could basically see through her aloofness uh, when engaging with other people and made a connection with, with her. And... So she's been kind of engaging in that sense. So Fantasia, I think, is someone who feels like perhaps she is really known by her connections, but wants to be known for her skill in the game. And I think something that she's really interested in taking she's uh, from this is um, who runs the heist game that she can kind of get in with them too. So I think that's kind of Fantasia's game. And now we're about to go on this this heist mission. <laughs> oh, I, I feel like I should also mention we have four stats. I should have said this earlier. Um, but the stats are Fix for tech stuff, Fox for outwitting and outthinking others, Fleece for talking fast and being charming, and Frag for physicality and fighting. So we'll be using those to roll. And um, yeah. We'll just tape the rules as we go, I think, which is 
how I usually do it. We have a ridiculously uh, unbalanced team in that I think we have zero points in frag between us. Oh, um, I'm a spy, so I have two. Oh, okay. Frag, so. Okay, so we ended up better than I was afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th I think we're all right. I mean, the fact that we're a two-person team, you know, we'll see how it goes. But at the very least, I think Fantasia is like when she when she talks with Vera, she's like, "It doesn't matter if we're two people. We have all of the skills that we need. Fuck everybody else." <laughs> Especially the grads. Oh, fuck those grads. Well, we start off the game by rolling to see how far we are into our mission. Okay. <laughs> Essentially, uh, we roll to see uh, how much we know, uh, if we have a plan, etc. So we need to roll three six-sided dice. Um, do you want to roll two and I'll roll one? Sure. Ooh, I got a five. We got a three and a six. Good. Yeah, so highest number. So we got a six. Great. So everything is going exactly as planned. <laughs> That's why there's two of us. I am, of course, very smart, but you um, are, I guess, the so-called brains of the scenario. Vera. Um, great. Everything is going as planned, and the, and the crew can move on to their next step as planned. So I guess let's, let's get planning here. We need to figure out where this place is. <laughs> or, you know, for time's sake, can we say everything is going as planned, meaning we found out where the place is? Because that would be helpful. Yes, I think that, um, so everything going as planned, does that mean that we've gotten there and we have made some contacts and now we need to move on to whatever the next like phase of success looks like? Moving on to the next step would be, I mean, we found the place and now we need to like get in there and actually do the thing. Right. Because I think part, uh, of the, part of the thing was that the lab is hard to find. Right. So how did we successfully find this place? So some of the setup that we did was that I have a museum uh, curator friend and you have a librarian friend. I do. And I feel like between a librarian and a museum person, like nailing down- They could take down, over the world on their own, right? They, they could. And I feel like some judicious questions and some like, okay, but where did where was that paper published from? And where did that body of research come from? Who, who was that? Gave us the right people to start tracking down? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, librarians could save the world all by themselves. Um, so I, I bet that using Fantasia's model of your powers where your connections are, they managed to narrow down where the lab might be. <laughs> Which I think, I think Fantasia, she, she, I think, you know, she resents it a little bit. Like, cause she, I think she, she realizes the the power in these connections, but also there's a level of like, I, I am very good at what I do, which at the moment is getting information from people <laughs> <laughs> by asking them because I know them. But I feel like it uh, as I start to know Vera as a character, the like, mm -hmm. no, good job, good job. You've got these connections. And just like putting her thumb right in the middle of that sore spot is pretty on brand. <laughs> um, yes, I, I do. I do have those. Yeah, of course, Fantasia will back down. 
Uh, yes, I will definitely. I, I have the connections because I got them with my knowledge of who would be useful. <laughs> well, excellent. So um, now, now we know that the, the lab is located in Canada. <laughs> Northern Canada. Awesome. Northern Canada. It's snowy up there. Awesome. That's the worst. It's cold. But this cold will heighten my senses. It'll just heighten my determination to get done and get home. Yes, feel feel the the stinging colds. I have to flex my fingers and I can feel the pain. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Let's get out of this fucking cold. <laughs> yeah. What do we set up as our like once we get there? How are we, how are we getting, getting our in? foot in the door? Yeah. Um we each have like special moves and kits that our characters have and those will help us get in. But I think it's literally us talking and deciding however we can get in based on what we can roll for. So I think, for example, if we want to try to talk our way in, then you, we roll fleece to do that and it will be successful or not. Or if we want to, you know, sneak our way in and like ha-cha-cha-cha-cha and not actually you know, killing anyone but knocking them out kind of scenarios. Like, we can do that too. But I think we just kind of talk about it and then roll about it and then figure out if we're successful. Awesome. So my my special move is worth shouting out. It's, uh, I really like the thematics and how this particular uh, hacker put together. So my special oh. move is talk fast, walk faster, you have a talent for keeping things fluid, working your way through your plans on the go. And so if someone partially fails on a roll, you can step in to talk through the plan you have for making this work in your favor. That's helpful. Mine is looks that kill. So I can assist with a fleece and grant an extra D6 to any three frag rolls in the same scene. Nice. So I yeah. almost feel like if we're walking into a lab in northern Canada that nobody knows about, mm -hmm. the fact that we know about it would signal to our our mark that we belong. Because who shows up that doesn't belong there? Um, so I'm kind of thinking we just show up at the front door and be like, all right, we're here. Day one. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Up front and uh, straightforward. Liking how you're thinking, Vera. If it doesn't work, we can um, steal their clothes and <laughs> pretend to, that we've been there the whole time. Never mind that we're shivering so hard we've turned blue. It's fine. I tell you, it means that I feel alive. <laughs> of course they sent us to the middle of nowhere in the cold. I mean... That's why no one has succeeded. Because no one had the strength of will to get through. Yeah. Hey, who the fuck even runs this heist game? I mean, you know how Scuttlebutt works. <sighs> I do. Um, but let's let's knock on this door, huh? Do you want to yeah. um you wanna roll the fleece? Sure. To try to get in there? Um boo -boo -boo. So, so you should roll um the num like so what stat number do you have for fleece? I have one fleece. So you should roll one, and just just to get in get in that good stuff, I will I can assist with fleece, with my looks. So I'll 
stand there, you know, I don't know, simpering in the background, then you can add another d6 to your, to your roll. Oh, good, because I rolled a two. Oh, oh okay. You pushed us to a six. Nice save. <laughs> I just, I'm just standing back there, like trying to pretend I'm not shivering, standing, looking out <laughs> into, into the <laughs> barren white nature of Northern Canada, which, which Aaron has never been to. Great, so on a success, uh, the antagonist clock doesn't advance or retreat. Um, the antagonist clock um, has to increase to 12 for them to catch up to us. So, you know, we're doing well so far. Um, we're doing okay. We're doing the thing. Those grads don't even know how to get in here. <laughs> they don't even know we're here yet. They didn't know you could just walk through the front door and look picturesque. Oh. We, uh, we now have access to the kingdom. Now what? We need to figure out where they hide all of their the rocks that they're, they're, they're looking at. I mean, there has to be a place where they do most of their research. A map or a database. I'm thinking... <laughs> oh, uh... Could go looking. We could go looking. I bet that there's probably a, like, standard onboarding welcome scientist... Uh, HR guide that has the official map somewhere that we can find it but the unofficial stuff I guess we'll have to dig for. Maybe find a, a logging computer and you know I think I sort of remember what my friend hacker librarian told me you know Fillion's friend Jen. Well if we get her access from the outside maybe she can dig around for us. Oh I like that. I, like that. I think I'm going to try to find a computer and roll fix to um, set that up. Awesome. Um, of course, my fix is zero. <laughs> so I will just use one dice. Well, it, I rolled a four. So Huzzah. partial success. Okay. So the antagonist clock is going to advance by two. It takes okay. us a while to figure out the system. Like, wait, why, why are there all of these tabs open? Who didn't close these tabs? Yeah, you achieve your goal with some work. Jen discovers, ah, I see here that it looks like all of the research with the materials themselves are done on basement floor two. <laughs> and Vera's standing there holding a uh, the HR guide and is like, there isn't even a basement on this thing. <laughs> I, I guess maybe they hide it from themselves. Seems like an odd way to do things. Or they're just really good at covering this magical space rock crap with boring ge geology. Oh, maybe so. First they freeze you out, and then they bore you to death, and then you never make it to the lab. I'm, I'm seeing how they work here. Well, if you're seeing it, then we're going somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's, I mean, it looks like there is this elevator that could take us down. Um, but we'll need to make sure that we're careful in case there are any people who are in the elevator. We need to have um, a story or a setup for how we're going to explain why we're in this elevator. Vera, while while uh, Fantasia and Jen have been kind of fumbling around in the computer system and getting logged in and getting all of those things nailed down, has actually been kind of collecting the the components of a cover. And is like, oh, no problem. We're doing inventory. We're part of the oversight agency. Here's your clipboard full of inventory crap. 
and it's just like you've now got the most innocuous official <laughs> like obnoxious pen clipboard yes. and she's like we're just gonna do this we're just gonna walk in and we're gonna be like we're here to count rocks i can take on this role yes <laughs> okay um should we roll fleece for that see if we yep a one and a four so partial success yeah partial yeah. success and the antagonist clock moves up again by two so tell me how it's partial how you how you struggle with this explanation <laughs> Everybody's like, okay, bean counters are here. We're we the cover here is that we're a government, multi-government agency. There's all mm -hmm. sorts of bean counters all the time. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that we walk in and the count the rocks is like rows and rows and rows and rows and rows and rows and rows of shelves. And so we we oh. they so take us for granted and are so like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. That we actually get more data than, than we could possibly process. Oh no. And they let us into the rock vault and we're just like, what the f have we gotten ourselves into? And <laughs> nobody cares enough to get hassle us. So we're not able to get any other information. <laughs> Gracious. Well, yeah, Fantasia looks at all of these and she says, listen, you didn't know Vera, you didn't know, it's all right. I didn't either know that all of these rocks looked just like rocks. That one's like maybe a little yellower. Like that one is also yellow. But I, I'm I, now I understanding to... more about why no one has ever pulled this off. I think we're going to need some force, some information here. Um, Fantasia, I would like to uh, hide and wait for another person to come into this area and um, kind of like catch them and try to like interrogate them using frag. Um, nice. If I'm being generous with myself and calling this the same scene, I'm going to continue to use my looks that kill to add a d6 to my frag roll. So that's three dice. Okay. I would like this to work. Hot dog, I got a six. Okay. Ah! On a six, I do it exactly as planned with no, with no unexpected results. So I, I grab... A, a person and um, I, I go, listen here, is there any place where they're doing ex special experiments on rocks right now? I think you should tell us exactly where these special experiments are taking place, not where this storage unit filled with pebbles is. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, I mean, you're you're in sub-basement two. The, the experiments, the experiments all happen in basement one. <sighs> Jennifer. <laughs> well, you are going to keep nice and quiet about this, aren't you? Shh. <laughs> okay. Poor research students. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm being paid for by the government, it's not enough. Wow, final season is really doing some damage on people this year. Right? <laughs> uh, Grant deadlines, man. Grant mm -hmm. deadlines. Mm-hmm. So we back backtrack. up to basement two, <laughs> basement yep. one. So I described the scene when we got to basement two. What what do we find on basement one? Yes, um, on basement one, what we find there is um, it's a series of kind of like um, a prep space. So there's there are like there are like separate like kind of plexiglass walls. There's like one that's like a prep space, which has like different types of like um, like 
radiation protecting suits and like places to like store your stuff and things like that. Um, and then um, there are like several wall, like kind of plexiglass walls past that um, where you can look in and you can see that there are, there are these, um, you know, lab tables with like different desks and also um, an area to um, in the back corner that looks like it's been like kept open without anything in it. Um, and it looks like it has explodey marks <laughs> on it. But yeah. Wow, that's not auspicious. What if they've been exploding down here? I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's up to code. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get access to these to these doors. I'll say I like it looks like there might be like some like ID stuff that you have to do to like get into the research lab part of stuff. I think we're going to start by taking these lab coats and put them on so that we continue to look like we belong here. Mm, yes, good. Keep up the charade. Yeah. Maybe we just try tapping on the window and asking to be let in. Worse, it happens is they say no and you have to punch them. Okay. So Go for it. Vera, I support you, Vera. With with great authority, Vera strides up to the window and goes, <laughs> tap, 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 tap. Yeah. Tap, 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 tap. In the obnoxious, I left my ID badge at home, and now I'm expecting you to stop what you're doing yes. to come and let me in. Yeah. No, what you're doing can't possibly be that important. Tap, tap, tap. <laughs> and I assume that someone comes to the door, and she's going to try a, a fleece to talk our way in. Okay. So I got a two and a four, so four is a partial success? Yep. Okay. And uh, um, the, t the clock advances two more ticks. So what do we imagine a partial success would look like here? It's not as clean a persuasion as possible. There's some sort of like, oop, gotta cover that mistake that we just revealed about ourselves kind of a thing. <laughs> right. We are a little off our stride because this feels like it's all going too smoothly. <laughs> yeah. But Vera, Vera is like, okay. I am supposed to be in the lab now where today's experiment's happening. And they get pointed in a direction, but uh, maybe there, maybe it's that there are a couple of experiments and now we have to kind of figure out which one is the magic rock. Yeah, so this, this uh, doctor comes up and uh, she says, well, if you're supposed to be here, then tell me where you need to go supposed to log into your desk aren't you find like figure it out show me where you're going <laughs> so i show her the clipboard that yeah. has the the hr map and i'm uh -huh. like it's not on here i don't know where i'm going <laughs> um and super playing the like bright-eyed bushy-tailed supposed to new to the team but i don't know hr didn't tell me what do we do where do we go <sighs> So we're once again stuck being like, hmm, yes. Oh, yes, I know. I know exactly what's happening here. We are totally rock counters. Very <laughs> professional at my job. Yes, I am. Okay, let me see. Fantasia, who is feeling like she wants to continue trying things out of her, her norm, is going to try to use uh, Fox to kind of persuade them and like talk them into a scenario in which it is really important that the rock be taken outside for inspection. Okay. But that they are not allowed to leave. 
Awesome. Maybe. We'll see. Well, I have a zero for my stat for Fox, so we're just going to roll and see what happens. I got a three, which is partial failure. Yep, which means that I can step in and... Um, so it doesn't actually... How do we use the special moves? What is your special move? So it is... Um, if someone partially fails on a roll, you can step in to talk through the plan you have for making this work in your favor. So I think you just do it. I then. just do it. Okay. Move. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, Fantasia is explaining this and there's like resistance and skepticism. Mm -hmm. And Vera just sort of uh, looks up as though she's been like flipping through her papers and just is like, no, this is clear as day. This object needs solar interaction in order for this to work. So we need to take it outside and we need to charge it. As soon as we get this charged, you will get the information you need from it. So on a partial failure, you step in and you say something and then... Yep. And then it, I guess it becomes a success. So <laughs> Vera's story forever after is going to be that if you want something to fail, you, you put your lab in Northern Canada. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or in Northern Canada. Or well, that's I not mean, where guess... you store space rocks, right? Maybe that's her takeaway. Don't store your space rocks in Don't Canada. Don't store your space rocks in Canada. Those people will let anyone into their labs. <laughs> they just have no danger sense. All right, so do we tuck it under your arm and take off? I think you have to roll something. I would think so. You know what? Why don't I roll a fox and see what happens? Yeah. All right, so I have called, two yeah. points in Fox. Or is it like an assist thing where you add a dice? Where I add a dice? That makes sense. You know. So do you want to just roll one more and see what we do? Yeah, let me let me roll again. That's a three again. <laughs> Shit. Maybe maybe Northern Canada isn't as much uh, oblivious to nope. us as it could be. Nope, that's a partial failure. Which means we didn't accomplish the goal and may have attracted attention. And also, the clock goes up four ticks. Oh no! Uh, which puts us at ten. <gasps> oh no, the grads are gonna get here. No, ten. The, the scientist who we talked to before, uh, she says, another one? You have to be He's like, no! We do not take the rocks out of the lab. You're the second person who said this to us today. But they're like, right. what? Is, like, what? Like, who are you people? Uh, as an aside to Fantasia, Vera's like, mm -hmm. how much of this rock do we need to actually get out of the building? If we just like drop it and palm a piece? I mean, if you can, if you can pick it up like that, my plan is just to try to knock them all, to try to tie them all up somewhere where they couldn't resist. They're just scientists. That's fair. Um, let's just try pushing the table over first. Okay. <laughs> Frag! Blah! Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna try to push the table over. I think this is the second frag roll that I have that I can add a, a, a d6 to, so I'm gonna roll three. I got triple sixes! Wow! Critical success critical nice. success on that on that table on that table flip um which does mean that the antagonist clock retreats to 
Uh, okay. So we're back. We are out at seven. And on a critical success, I do even better than expected and gain the advantage. So there's some sort of caustic chemical on this table. Flip the table over. All this stuff gets all over these people. And then like this stuff, like you see like the sizzling start to happen. They're like, oh my God, to the shower. And then they have to like go off to the research like shower. And in the meantime, Fantasia points to the rock. <laughs> like they starts waving, like go get the rock. <laughs> all right. So we have the rock. Now we yes. just have to get out of here with the rock. Yes. Yes, we do. I mean, ideally without them knowing the who we are. <laughs> do you mind if I if I suggest another role here for Fantasia? Sure, sure. Uh, Fantasia is going to say, oh no, we'll get some people to help clean this up. It this must have terrible. been an earthquake. <laughs> the worst, an earthquake. Oh. Who knew? <laughs> so she's going to try to fleece. Fuck. I got a two. Oh, jeez. I know that one of the things that Blades in the Dark does is that you can like set you can you can say, well, of course we set that up in the past. I think that Vera and Fantasia had agreed that like get the rock out of the building at all costs mm -hmm. and we will figure out it's Canada. Like th they'll let you go eventually. <laughs> um and so uh -huh. uh, I think that Vera's gonna try to slip out while they're paying attention to you. Okay, um, well, so on that fail, I do have to add four to the four. antagonist clock. Uh-oh. Which is an 11, so... Okay. We're a little close there. <laughs> so, first of all, let's yeah. let's give you, give you a chance to narrate what that failure looks like. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a pretty straightforward failure. Like, she pushed over the table and then blamed it on a shake that didn't happen. Like, there was no earthquake. Somebody call security. Okay. <laughs> Pretty straightforward. Yep. So I think Fantasia is going to um, look around at Vera and go, it's not going well. Take the rock. Take it. I'm going to try a fox. And what I'm going to try to do is mm. to take control of the situation. Okay. My special kit is a little black notebook full of contacts who owe me favors. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to... I'm going to pull out my phone and be like, Director So-and-so would be deeply disappointed in the number of security breaches you have permitted today. So please do contact security. Have them come down here. And I would like to have you explain to them personally what we are doing standing in this lab near this artifact. Ooh. If you're using, like, your tool, yeah, you should be able to use, like, to get, like, a plus one on that. Right? Okay. Seems. Uh, that seems reasonable, yeah. Yeah. Oh! A six. I got a six, a two, and a three. Oh, thank goodness. With this success, I pick up the rock. Mm -hmm. right? Because I'm like, yep. you're going to explain what I'm doing touching this rock. Yes. And we sternly march this underling who's just like, wait, what? Why? Why, why am I in trouble now? What just <laughs> happened here? To the elevator. And we're just going to back up to the administrative levels. <laughs> right. Let's do that. And then 
as we get up to the administrative levels, Fantasia is going to um, use physicality again to tie this person up in a corner where people won't find them until we're long gone. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. And this will be my third frag roll, so I can roll three frag rolls. Okay. This will be my Is third that? one that my looks that kill move works on. And thank God I rolled three. I got a one, a two, and a six. We got it. Yay. We got it. Okay. Let's get out of here. Okay. And I think we just reverse what we did get through the door. We just... <laughs> we just head on out. <laughs> head on out. So I'm gonna, since it was a fleece roll that got us in past reception, mm -hmm. I'm gonna suggest a fleece roll on our way back out. Does that make sense? Sure. Five. I got a five. Partial success. So, uh, although we're like at the very top of the antagonist clock, it's a success, and we're out the door. So, is there is there any additional description you would like to have for us as we're leaving with us wrong? <laughs> Other than the fact that we forgot that it's freaking cold and we're both in lab coats rather than our outdoor gear now. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's cold out. we've got our rock, but yeah. geez, <laughs> planned this nonsense. <laughs> the best teams are always prepared for chaos. And I think we did that today, Vera. I think we did it, Fantasia. I think, I think, let's go turn in this magic space rock. Yeah, let's go find out what how to start being in the game. The game of heist. Oh, it's a whole circle. Uh. <laughs> this is super cute. Oh my goodness. Uh, yep. The When we did the setup, the experimental laboratory, I'm like, what, why? Why a lab? But it's so that we could tie up researchers. I get it. <laughs> Listen, maybe this will help them realize that they, they deserve to be paid better. Deserve to be paid better, have some security at the door. <laughs> well, it was very silly and fun. And um, thank you for playing with, playing it with me. Oh, thank you for being the facilitator. I appreciate that. Oh, my absolute pleasure. But yeah, this has been an, an incredible session of Gameplay Radio. For those who have been just listening to the game portion, um, could you remind everyone where to go to... Uh, follow you and the amazing uh, games and cons that you help create for the gaming community. Uh, the fastest and easiest way to find me is at Avenel on Twitter. I'm just mm -hmm. me over at Twitter. Uh, but if people are looking for information on the conventions, you can find us at www.dexposure.com for double exposure, dexposure. Mm -hmm. Um, all of our events are listed there. Right now it says we're not gathering until it's safe. Uh, but as things come back online, there will be more information. And we will post a regist registration page for Metatopia when we're ready to do that. Okay, great. Uh, you know where to go, listeners. And now you know what to play, listeners. So thanks to everyone for being here. Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye.